there. Uh, as I said, I'm not forgetful. I just don't remember everything. Now, I want to read you a passage of Scripture that I think young people really need to know. And you probably know it, but let me remind you of it. It's found in 1 Timothy 6, and verse 10. It says, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. You see, money can be funny, but it can also be fearful. It can be dangerous. I want to show you something here that maybe will help just to make us remember this. I've got my little plaque here, and on the inside, I have something unusual. It's a $2 bill. You don't see many of those, do you? When you go to the store, they don't give you $2 bills back in change. Do any of y'all have $2 bills? You do? Y'all have $2 bills? Well, you, you ought, if you've run across one, get it, because they're rare. And they may be a lot more, worth a lot more than $2. But this $2 is a funny $2 bill, because you see here, it's got over here, and it's covered up by two white ribbons. But when I close this up, and I say abracadabra, and I open it up, it's over there on the other side behind the pink ribbons. And so you see, $2 bills can do unusual things. I'm not going to go through all the things they can do, but then maybe you want it. You say, oh, I don't want it on that side. I want it back on the white side. So we'll put it back on the white side until we get ready to close it up. And when we get ready to close it up, we'll put it back on the red side one more time for everybody to see. And then we'll put it back this in, back in the box, and I'll get my box out of my box. And in this box, I have, y'all recognize that? It's a half dollar. That's a half a dollar. That's right. It's a half a dollar. It looks almost like a silver dollar. And then after that, I have this. You know what that is? It's a quarter because it says on there 25 cents. And so we know that's a quarter. And then I get one well, next size I get out of here is... You know what it is, don't you? That's a nickel. Okay, you know why it's called a nickel? Because they used to always be made out of nickel. And then the next one I'm going to get out is a dime. And it's not made out of dime. <laughs> they were made out of silver. And that's why, though they're smaller than a nickel, they are worth more than a nickel because of the value of the metal that's in there. And then we have the, the penny, which was, used to be all be made out of copper. And then they went through a period of time, they were made out of a, uh, another kind of a... metal and they were they weren't copper they weren't that color they were the color of a dirty dime now the reason i'm going to talk i'm wanting to see you to see these is because all of them have different monetary values you can buy more with one than you can with the other and then though 
but one that is larger, there are two of these that are larger than a dime. The penny and the nickel are larger than a dime, but they won't buy as much. Now, I don't know why that's true and why they decide to do that in manufacturing our money, but I do know this. A dime is the smallest coin, and they're easy to lose because they're so small. But I tell you what I'll do. I'll take my box, and I'll close it up, and I'll put it back in here, and then I'll take it back out, and I'll show you something that maybe you've not seen before. Maybe you have. But you see, I was talking about the dime a while ago being the smallest coin. Well, it really isn't, you see. It's, a, it's the biggest coin. Because <laughs> I've got it right here, and it says Liberty on there, and one United States of America dime. But did you realize that as big as this dime is, and how much larger it is, if you go in a store to buy something, and you try to give them this, what are they going to do? They're going to look at you kind of funny. And they're not going to take it, and they're not going to give you any change back. But if you give them a dime, you might be able to buy something. It wouldn't be much, but it'd be a dime. But this, we looked at the graduating sizes of the coins. Then we see this big artificial dime. There are a lot of artificial people in the world. They're not really worth their size. They're not very usable. They may be pretty to look at, they may be funny, but they're not worth a whole lot. But so we'll just put that big dime back in the box and we'll close these boxes up. But just remember that money can be funny, but as we read a while ago, it can be dangerous because not only is it the root of all evil, it goes on to say, which, while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Did you know if you fall in love with money instead of with Jesus, you'll stab yourself to death spiritually? Thank you, guys. Appreciate you coming. I have a question for you this morning. The question, in fact, I have two questions. Is that all right? Could I get by with that? Okay. The first question is, what did you get for Christmas? The second thing is, what did you get from Christmas? The second question is a lot more important than the first. Because almost everybody, except some very poor children, some very poor people around the world, almost everybody got something for Christmas. I can honestly say, as far as I know today, I may learn later on something different, but I did not get one single thing for Christmas that I, did, that I didn't need. I don't have anything to put in our attic or to put in a garage sale, or to take the Goodwill or Salvation Army, and I'm grateful for that. Because if you could see our attic, you'd understand why. 
I don't need anything else to store away. I, I, we're a small crowd this morning, but a great crowd. You don't have to be large to be great. And I, I just feel sort of led this morning to ask you, as we face a new year and we've just gone through a wonderful Christmas season, that time of the year when we celebrate the birth of Christ, now we are going to begin a new year. And I just wonder if there's someone here this morning that has a short testimony that you would like to share with us, a blessing that you had during this past year or a blessing you're looking forward to in this coming year. Will somebody share with us this morning? Anybody? Don't be bashful. Going, okay. Thought I heard somebody start to say something. Yes, ma'am. And we were so glad to see your folks here last Sunday too. Anyone else? See, it doesn't take it doesn't take a whole lot. Is there anything you wish you could forget about last year? <laughs> this year. All right. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. And I can say ditto to that because, as you can remember, it wasn't too long ago I was in a wheelchair and then I was in on a walker and now I'm, I'm hobbling, but I'm getting there. And I'm grateful that the Lord took all that away from me. Anyone else? Okay. Amen. Okay. That's what happened in the scripture, wasn't it? People threw away their crutches. They got rid of their leprosy. They saw who had never seen before. They walked who had never walked before. They talked who had never talked before because of Jesus. And we're still celebrating that today, aren't we? That Jesus saves, he keeps, and Jesus heals. Anyone else? Yes, sir, Brother Frank. Amen. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Brother Frank. Anyone else?
Okay. What did you get? Oh, Ms. Dotley. I, I know this lady. She's been putting up with me for over 60 years and still can say nice things about me. <laughs> Wonderful. I thank God for that. Okay, anyone else? I don't have to preach. We can just have all testimonies if you want to. All right. Going once. Going twice. You're going to have to listen whether you like it or not, <laughs> unless you get up and leave. And if you get up and leave, we'll pray for you. What did you get for Christmas? Or what did you get from Christmas? Did you get things? Or did you get the something? Things are something. Things are earthly goods. As nice as things may seem, they are at best temporary. You can't take them with you. Something is God-given, given in love. Jesus, the gift of God's love, is giver of all good somethings. And he is the best of all good somethings. Joy, peace, hope, kindness, goodness, family wisdom, and the list goes on and on of things that Jesus brings into our lives. And if you're here this morning and you have never met Jesus, you don't know what you're missing. You are really missing out on the greatest wealth of all eternity. He doesn't know. He's not a quarter. He's not a half a dollar. He's not a nickel a dime. He's not a two-dollar bill but he is worth all that we could gather. If we could take all the money, all the treasures, all the things of worth in the whole world and bring them all together and stand them by Jesus, Jesus would stand out because he is the greatest gift of all. Jesus is the gift of God's lover and is the giver of all good somethings. You see, we search God's word over and over for how to judge things against some things. We have a hard time some way or other. The devil, old Satan, the deceiver, he gets us to look at the wrong things. He gets our eyes in the wrong direction. He gets our heart at the wrong beat. He gets our lives out of kelter because 
He is the deceiver. But beloved, when you have something, the something good, something great, that God gives us through Jesus Christ, all the rest of the things pale in comparison. You see, things are temporary pleasure. There are three things I want you to hear this morning. Things are temporary pleasure. Something is matchless treasure. And something is eternal measure. So we're going to talk about pleasure, treasure, measure. And as we do that, we think about Revelation 2-4, when in the New King James Version, reads like this, I have something against you. You have lost your first love. No matter what we have, no matter how much treasure we may pile up, no matter how long we may live, no matter how many good times we may think that we have had, we must love Jesus if we expect to have joy in life, real joy, peace that passes understanding, love that no one can take away from us, a love that grows and grows and grows and matures, a love that causes us to do things like the Lottie Moon Christmas offering to support our missionaries around the world and to make sure that their children are taken care of. Because you see, some of our missionaries are in areas they can't even take their children with them because of the danger. So they have to leave them with someone else. And their, their upkeep has to be taken care of. And it's taken care of by people who give to the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering and give to the cooperative program, which also supports all of our missionaries around the world. And as we read about read our missionaries' names or initials or letters that stand for whoever they may be, wherever they may be, sometimes they can't put the name in because of the danger in that particular country. But those missionaries have accepted the gift. They have found the greatest gift of all that has grown into a ministry in their lives and they are sharing Jesus Christ with people around the world. And you and I, by giving to our church general offering, which partly goes to the cooperative program, and give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, we are giving to share the gospel around the world. You and I get to do that. Isn't that a grand pleasure? That you and I can help to send someone to East Asia or send to someone to India or someone to China or someone, someone, this, someone down the road. We have missionaries right here in Mississippi that serve because Jesus has called them. They have not only been called, they have been chosen, and they go in the name of Jesus. But when the first love is lost, when somebody loses their love for Jesus, they lose everything because the love of Jesus is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down in care. God gave his son for them. And they, in turn, 
have received the great salvation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Losing your first love, Jesus means loving things more and Jesus less. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. If you want to turn your Bibles to that scripture, Matthew 6, 19, 21. Very short short scripture, but we can read, read it. It says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust nor doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Things are temporary treasures, and they are dangerous. They will lead you astray. They will lead you into an eternal lostness, an eternal darkness, an eternal lacking of the Lord and Jesus Christ present anymore. Losing your first love, which is Jesus, means loving things more than loving the Lord. Earthly treasures are vulnerable. They're vulnerable to rust. Rust is a parasite which eats away at things but there's also a rust that eats away at iron a metal a hard strong metal can rust away to nothing can just literally disappear because it's temporary it wasn't made to last forever but the love of Jesus was made to last forever And the treasures of Jesus will keep on and on. They are like things that are built on the rock. When the winds come, storms rage, the world invades, they stand firm like the rock Jesus who never fails. Earthly treasures are vulnerable to ruin. A person's life can be totally ruined when they take earthly treasures in place of godly treasures. There are people who throw their lives away on gambling, on alcohol, sex, bitter hatred, jealousy. All of these things fall under the category of things that are temporary pleasure but are eternally lost. Also vulnerable to raiders who break in and tear down and destroy and we have Satan who is trying to destroy us from within because we are taught and we know that it's not what is outside that's the problem, it's what's inside that's the real problem and so we can't arrive or we can't avoid the demise of things because they just fade away. They are temporary. Things can capture your heart, but when they do, they doom your soul. And the soul is far more valuable than the body. And we can have strong bodies. We can see these athletes that are playing right now on the big screen, the football bowl games. 
And all we see those young men, some of them are so huge and strong, and even the little guys are bigger than me, and they're strong, and they can play, and they're tough, and they're going, to, they are enjoying that right now. But as much as they love football and as much as they may get paid for it later on, it's only temporary. So if they're out there playing on the field for football, they also need to be working for Jesus. I was so thrilled at one of the young men when he was talked to after the ball game. He said he owed everything to his teammates and to his family and to God. And the other young man he spoke and he used, he spoke about three sentences and he get, used three expletives in those three sentences. The difference, and guess what? The young man that thanked God was the one on the winning team. The young man who used dirty language was on the losing team. And you know, if I'd been pulling for him, I'm afraid I would have changed my mind. But you see, it's my, not my place to judge him. It's my place to say, some way he's been led astray. Now, let us pray that he'll be led back to Jesus. You see, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And for things, there will You'll have to excuse me. For where your treasure is, that is your things, there will your heart be also, the Bible says. So you can't have it both ways. You can't live for the world and live for Jesus. You can't hold on to that which is, is not lasting. You can't hold on to that which is temporary and expect to be blessed. You must hold on to that which is matchless. That which things can capture your heart and doom your soul. But there are some good things and those are matchless treasure. Matchless measure. Matchless blessings. Psalm 37, 1 through 7a we read a while ago. And we read, when that was read it says, it was that, that was... Things versing something. Evildoers, workers of iniquity, are cut down. They are like grass. They're withered like withered herbs when they lose their taste and their value. And the results of something are trust, dwelling in the house of the Lord, fed by the Spirit, delighting in the Lord, committing their way to service, righteousness in the eyes of God, resting in the arms of Jesus, and waiting on the Lord's return. These are the things that are, are matchless treasure in contrast to temporary pleasure. And so we think that these things, we realize that there's the weight of sin and temptation and yielding that are always trying to rob us of our matchless treasure. And our matchless treasure is Jesus Christ in our hearts, blessing our minds, giving us strength. 
making us get through one more day. And as long as he keeps us here, our precious, matchless treasure is to share him with somebody else. Because if we try to hide him in our hearts without speaking with our lips, if we only know Jesus personally, how can we be a blessing to others? We need to turn loose, let loose, let go, let God have his wonderful way. Because then we not only have matchless treasure, we have eternal measure. That's something, isn't it? Hebrews 13, 8 says in the New King James Version, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Matthew 6, 20, lay up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. Wonderful promises that Satan can't get through the armor of God. And when we have on the armor of God, he can't get through to us. And when we have the sword of spirit in our hands, not only can he not get to us, we can get to him. And the Holy Spirit will give us the power to overcome his temptation and to drive the devil away. The scripture says, fight the devil and he'll flee from you. But you need to fight him with the right armor and with the right sword, with the right equipment. And that's with Jesus as your number one in your life. Jesus is always on guard at the great treasury of heaven. The spiritual bank of God is far better than any ATM or drive through window because Jesus is the teller and he will tell the Father, this one is mine. This one belongs to me. This one is coming to me and since he's on his way, I'll not let him get away. See, for where your treasure is, that is where things are in your life, there will your heart be and your concern be also. So make sure you're not depending on temporary pleasure, but that you're enjoying matchless treasure now. So one day you will enjoy eternal measure and the eternal measure is without end, no end to the eternal measure. I have some little six inch rules at the house. I have a foot rule. I have a 10 foot pull out measure. I have a 100 yard, 100 foot measure. But you know what? None of those reach far enough to measure what God has for your pleasure. Not one of them can tell me where you stand with God, but you can by the way you live your life for Jesus. The way you call when we're struggling and need your prayers. The way you visit when someone is ill and needs your encouragement. The way you send cards 
when you want us to know about your concern. The way you support this church, the way you give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, the cooperative program, the way you share with your friends the love of Jesus and invite them to God's house to worship and to lift up our voices to Almighty God. You are God's messengers. You're his ambassadors. And I remember when I was a royal ambassador in First Baptist Church in McGee, Arkansas, and A.B. Conrad was our royal ambassador leader, and he taught us that passage of Scripture. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Be ye steadfast. Beloved, you have a wonderful eternal measure when you're steadfast with the Lord. When you stand fast for him, he stands up for you. And he reaches down, takes you by the hand, and he lifts you to heights you never believed you could reach whenever you yield to his strength. For you see, although you may be strong, and some of you are much stronger than I am, one time I was pretty strong. I could run pretty fast. I could jump pretty far. But you know what? That was temporary. But guess what? I'm in God's house today. I'm praising the name of Jesus. I have the joy of being with you. I heard your testimonies earlier. I rejoice with you. And that is eternal measure. That will last forever. God will never forget this day that you and I were here in this place on this day studying His Word and sharing together testimonies from our hearts for the love of Jesus. Dear Father in heaven, for the love of Jesus, help us today to yield to you, to let you have your way. If we're here without Jesus Christ, we pray today that we will Whoever may be here without Jesus will lift up their voice and say, Jesus, I want that eternal measure. I want the matchless treasure. I don't want temporary pleasure. God, help me, and I will give my life to Jesus. Oh, Father, today, if there's someone here that needs Jesus, help them to know they can have the matchless measure of eternal life. And help them to step out and come down here and say, I'm trusting Jesus like these two young men did not too long ago. God bless them. Help them to grow in your grace and your knowledge. Bless our effort today. We pray that the words that have been said will be used by you to your honor and glory. And we will see results from what you have done here in this house with this family today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.